Okay, Zen Parenting Radio, welcome. Welcome. Um, Who are you? I'm Todd Adams. I'm Kathy Adams. Are you taking stuff off my you face? You have stuff on your face. <laughs> those those checks mix. <laughs> and we're on the radio, so I guess that doesn't matter no. that you have stuff on your face. Easy on the checks mix on the face thing. Okay. Um, we're talking about a hypothetical that one of our avid listeners presented us with, and we haven't talked about it yet. Okay. With each other. Oh, so you're right. It's going to be a real... One of our avid listeners from Avid Company, our sponsor? No. Oh. That's different. What do you mean then? Um, Someone who listens a lot? Yeah. Okay. And he's a friend of mine. He's in our men's group, and I played golf with him last week. His name's Edward. Okay, but does he want you to share that he was the one who gave it's us a hypothetical? hypothetical. Oh, okay. You're right. It is. It's Didn't a hypothetical. Didn't happen in his life. That's right. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to talk about why Joe Torre is the father of the week. Oh, I like that. And we're talking about how I'm addicted to my phone, but not as much as I used to be. Okay. And we want to talk about our BU curriculum. All right. All I right. like it. I like it. So I think the one that has the most guts to it is this hypothetical. Okay. So let me see if I can explain what the deal is. Um, I could I could paraphrase. Go ahead, a please. Bit. Okay. Because you had me read it, but we have not discussed it. Correct. I think the gist of it is, is he, the hypothetical is he, they have young kids, but they know about a family who had, who has a 12 year old and they had trusted this 12 year old to go to a certain place. And the mom said, when you leave this area, please call me and let me know where you are. And the girl agreed to do that and said, okay, mom, I'll do that. And so the mom dropped her off, pulled away. And then kind of snuck back and watched her. She did a loop around. She did a loop around unknowingly. Her daughter unknowingly. What? How do I say that? Her daughter did not know she was there. Right. And the mom watched the daughter leave that space. Mom was spying. Yes. And she hadn't called her to Mm -hmm. say, I'm leaving this area. And so the mom then called and said, where are you now? Mm -hmm. And the daughter said, how do you know where I am? She says, never mind where I am. Never mind where I am. Just let me know where you are going. As parents, sometimes we pretend we're magical and that we know where they are. Yeah. Even though we do have a gut instinct about things, you know, that's very literal. Right. Um, And so I think the question is, is how do we feel about that? Do we think that that's fair? Do we think that is honest? Do we think that is the way that we should manage um, where our children are. Mm-hmm. Well, I think two people are wrong in this: daughter and mom. Okay. Mom is not right. Okay. I think that's the and, and I, obviously the daughter's wrong because she did something that she promised her mom that she wouldn't do, which is if she was going to leave, she was supposed to call. Okay. So she's obviously wrong. That's not the thing. I think the essence of this question is: Did that mom do something wrong? And my thing is yes. Here, my take is. Because if she the trust is broken as soon as the mom, because obviously the girl know, is going to find out mm-hmm. that the mom broken had broken the trust. So that is maybe maybe in that instance the mom kept her daughter safe because she kept her safe from what from I don't know hoodlums whatever it doesn't matter. But in the long hoodlums? yeah okay. But in the long run, it, you're you're one step forward, three steps back. Because that trust is broken mm-hmm. in that moment, in that day. And this girl's, this 12-year-old girl says, my mom doesn't trust me. So then she might impose, oh, well, my mom's going to safeguard who I am and the decisions I make. So I don't need to make my own decisions because my mom's going to be there to protect me. So Well, and I think, you know, you just said that my mom doesn't trust me. I think it goes the other way. I don't trust my mom. Because my mom says I think that it goes she's both gonna ways. right, and you're right, but I, don't I think tr- that sh- the one step forward, three steps back 
it, the three steps back is I can't tell my mom things. Right. Or when my mom tells me things, I can't believe that right. it's true. And again, people were probably listening saying, well, the mom didn't lie. The mom didn't say, I'm not going to spy on you. There was no literal, but the mom said, we have a deal. You're going to call me. I'll be at home. You know, let's do that. And instead, she spied on her. You're right. And literally, she didn't break any She didn't any break promise. a lie. Or she but didn't tell a lie. doesn't matter. No, the, I agree. The, the, the deal is she, the trust is broken. And you know what the mom, okay, this is what we always talk about on the show. The mom did those things out of love, right? Correct. She said, I love my daughter. I'm worried for her. Therefore, I'm going to spy on her. That's how she rationalized it. And you can call it whatever you want. We're saying spy. Right. You know, I'm going to watch her, whatever. No, it's spying. But it is spying. But really what she did is she tried to control a situation. She tried to say, I'm going to watch this situation and I'm going to control it by monitoring her. And when she steps out of bounds, because I'm almost visualizing her daughter being in this square right. of where she said she'd be. And when she steps out of that space... Mm-hmm that um, she didn't call me, therefore I'm going to, you know, buzz her. You know, you didn't call me. Um, And, you know, we, again, this this is a hypothetical, Mm -hmm. but I want to point out the fact that her daughter might have called her in five minutes. True. Her daughter might have called in 10 minutes. Right. Um, I don't know why we need to be so hyper about it that it has to be done immediately. Right. Sometimes you're in the midst of a conversation. We have to remember that our children are human right. and that they may be discussing something. They may in their own mind have said, okay, once we get to the next place, right. then I'll place that phone call. Um, they may forget for a moment. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and again, it's not to rationalize um, or to make her daughter right and her wrong. I just want us to, again, as we always like to do, step back and look at the bigger picture. Well, and this is not a black and white thing. Exactly, And I'll give not. a few examples. One is, in this example, it's not like this 12-year-old was about to get kidnapped by somebody the minute that she left that geographic area. Correct. So if this girl did choose to say, well, I'm not going to call my mom, the girl would have come home later that day. Right. This is not a situation where, like, you're teaching a seven-year-old to cross the street at the light where mm-hmm. he might get hit by a car. Right. Exactly. Like, when our children the are The stakes very, are right. lower right. with this 12-year-old. Um, That's in... Can Let's reiterate that point. Trusting our children means different things at different times. Mm-hmm. And when they're 12, they are at an age where they have hopefully earned an amount of trust that we know that they know how to cross the street. Right. They know that they, when they're when they're little kids, they still need their hand held. They mm-hmm. still need to be watched and monitored. Go on. Well, and like um, I'm thinking of Parenthood, the movie, mm-hmm. where the mom uh, breaks into her son's room, which has a lock on it. We can right. talk about having locks in your bedroom door. But Gary had, had a lot of signs. She was worried <laughs> yeah. that he... He, he was, was on drugs. drugs. Yeah. So in that case... And not only was she worried, she had good reason to be worried. She had allowed him... And we're talking about Parenthood, the movie here, everybody, not the TV show. She had allowed him to have that lock right. and have that privacy. And then his father's dentist practice was broken into. Right. A hammer was used that had his initials on right. it. So she said It enough. was obvious, right. So do you see where there's a difference there in spying or breaking in? Versus something is a, is amiss. So like, well, I think it it's it's so um, gray. It's you know, I think as parents we want to say, we, well, do we trust our kids or do we not trust our kids? There's a gray area. There They're saying where if you are concerned 
about the immediate safety of your children and if that includes the kids doing drugs or if that includes crossing the street when you're an eight-year-old right then yes you do whatever you can to keep that kid safe but if it is a 12 year old who is starting to feel out her boundaries right that's not a life or death situation Mm -mm. so those are the moments where you pull back you let your kid make mistakes and then you deal with the ramifications when those mistakes happen. And I think what that mom um, or that... Now, now was the situation real? I know they don't have a 12-year-old. I think it's a completely hypothetical thing. Oh, it's thing. completely I think hypothetical. They may, I, I don't know where he got it from. Okay, because if... Here's the situation. This mom probably thinks, Whoo, look at how me being in that situation kept her safe. I am teaching her that I have eyes in the back of my head. I am teaching her that I see everything. Mm-hmm. That's what mom is thinking. Mm-hmm. She's thinking that she's gaining some kind of control. Right. From my perspective, I think you're losing the more important ingredient, which is communication with your child, Mm -hmm. which is your child trusting you with information, which is your child knowing that you believe in them. A lot of parents will say, that's not as important as me being in control, but guess what? You can't be everywhere. And so you have to allow them to have that sense. I'll give an example. When I was young, um, before we had texting, uh, we all wrote notes to each other, mm-hmm. okay? And so my friends and I would write notes to each other, and we were naive enough to believe that writing something on paper couldn't get to anybody else. Right. So we'd write some pretty significant things in those notes, you know, about boys or what we were going to do on the weekend or choices we had made that weren't so great, and we'd, you know, and I'd have notes in my pocket. Right. And my mom would do laundry and set those notes on top of the washing machine. machine. And oftentimes they'd end up back on my dresser or I'd go downstairs and they would be on the washing machine. Mm -hmm. Now I can't with complete, I I don't know for positive sure Mm -hmm. that my mom didn't read those notes, but I don't think she did because if she had, um, there may have been a different situation going on. And I don't mean I would have gotten in trouble, but she may have brought up certain things with me. I actually appreciated the fact that she didn't read those notes. Right. Okay. Now, yeah. does that sound funny? Of co- well, I. What What else would you want? Well, and that's what I mean. But I. But people listening may be like, "You're naive. She did read them." Oh, or some people listening may be like, "Well, she should have read them because then she would have known what was going on." But see, here's the thing: there was nothing for her to really control. Mm-hmm. These things were happening, and I was going through these experiences, and many of them because I did get in trouble in very natural ways. Mm-hmm. I had natural consequences. I got in trouble a lot in seventh and eighth grade. That she found out about all these things anyway, and we were able to have these discussions and talks and communication, and thing be- things became more open right. um, and brought to light. But it was done in a natural way, and it wasn't my mom fishing through my clothes right. and fishing through my pockets. Because I think sometimes we will try and come up with a reason why we have the right to go through our kids' stuff. Right. But really, and so, and like the parenthood example is perfect because she really did have one. Mm. You know, there was a really valid, but we'll create stories in our head about if I don't read their notes, this will happen. And one more thought, just so I can keep it in. I think a lot of times as parents, we try and do this roundabout thing where instead of working on the core of our relationship and the trust and the communication and being real and putting our phone down, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, and noticing what our kids are doing and showing up and doing all that, where then they trust us and we talk and we have family meetings and then there are things that you know, there's a relationship building. We try and control what they're doing instead. We try and be at the other end. Right. 
And what you're saying is work on the relationship yes. instead of working on the outside factors yes. that... which we can't... That's really... Even though we think we're controlling it, it's mm-hmm. out of our circle of influence, really. Right. We can influence the relationship and we can influence their ability to come to us and tell us things. And we can influence the fact that when they do make mistakes, because they're going to, that right. we can forgive them and help them process through it. That stuff we can do. But really being able to control what our 12-year-old does at, on... a Every step of the way, unless we put a monitoring system on them, which a lot of parents have, GPS and such, mm-hmm. don't you think that's impossible? I think it's absolutely impossible. And one thing I was going to say is this this hypothetical mom should never have even given her daughter the authority to go to the park or whatever it was by herself unless you're really willing to do what you said you're going to do, which give is them the freedom, give them the freedom. That's right. fake freedom. That's fake freedom. That's artificial freedom. Right. If you're not ready to, for the kid to be by him or herself, then just mm, don't, that's but, a good point. but don't pretend that you trust them and then check on them afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, and then the other, like I have, well, wait, let me hold on before go you go on. You said, don't pretend you trust them and check on them afterwards. I don't think there's anything wrong with sending a text two hours into well, their and, time. And what I mean by that is don't, don't, don't spy hide on. in the car. Okay, I just want to differentiate because I could see myself as a parent, you know, saying, um, like, JC, we've given her more ability to ride her bike to friends' houses mm-hmm. and be not with us. And, right. and she doesn't have a phone yet. But I can see as that grows and she gets further away from us as far as friends across town and yeah. stuff, me texting her and saying, just checking on yeah. you. I, that's just so I don't have to walk around thinking, did she make it? Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. I mean, no. that's just, that is that is respectful communication. Right. You are there. Let me know you're there. I haven't heard from you yet. Are you there? Right. You know, that's respectful. No, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Okay. Um, and then uh, these other memories from my childhood are coming into, like I think my brother was in high school one time, and I think my mom or my dad listened in on one of his phone conversations, mm. probably because they were worried about something. And sure enough, my brother was talking about one of his friends getting wasted or something like uh. that. And I remember being at the dinner table and my brother totally got busted and called mm. out on, he's like, well, you know, you, John, you use the term getting wasted on the phone. What does that mean? Obviously it means that they were drinking. And, you know, that's another kind of gray area. Right, trust Like, he, my, somebody, one of my two parents picked up the phone while my brother was on the phone. And stayed on. And that. stayed on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was right or if that was wrong, mm. but that is... Well, it's all about what, what led up to it. Mm-hmm. Did they have a su- suspicion that this person who called mm-hmm. was some kind of influence on your brother or they had had a suspicion that he had been in trouble? Again, I don't know if I can justify it, mm-hmm. but... It's all about what led up to it. If it was just he's on a phone call and I just want to see what's going on, right. there's a, you know, again, there's some common sense in well, here. Well, and uh, yeah, the common sense is the biggest part of it because it is all about what could go wrong. Right. And what could go wrong for this girl leaving the park is really no big deal. But once again, crossing the street or if you're afraid that your child is is getting into drugs or whatever, then that's when sometimes you have to do things. Step over a boundary. You step over a boundary. Mm-hmm. But you also have to loosen the grip a little well, bit. Well, and doesn't this speak to the fear that a lot of parents carry or the fear of our society is we're so afraid of everything mm-hmm. that we think everything is a crisis. We're right. constantly in stress mode. We we wear stress hormones like they're the most normal. And when I say wear them, what I mean is we are in stress getting a kid to a birthday party. Mm-hmm. We are stressed that the weekend isn't going to be, the weather isn't going to be right. We are stressed about things we that are not a big deal. Right. And so we're constantly in that high intensity. So we look at our kids through that lens. Right. 
Whereas this is the balance, everybody, is if you have a kid who most of the time does pretty well and who, you know, has occasionally made mistakes like all kids, but is pretty much going down a, a pretty decent path, doing making some good choices, you've got to let go. Right. You've got to let them have some experiences. And But if you have a kid who is shown, demonstrated over and over again that they mm. are untrustworthy, then those are times when you have to step in and, and set some greater boundaries. And I know that parents of teenagers right now are either, I don't know if they're agreeing or disagreeing or nodding their head or saying, Kathy and Todd, you have no idea what you're talking about. But I think this is the teen time or preteen, preadolescent, whatever, is where you really have to have some self-awareness mm-hmm. about the choices you're making. Mm-hmm. Is there really a reason to be afraid right now or am I just afraid of what could go wrong in 10 years? Right. Is there really, has my child shown me that they can handle this? Um, do they have the necessary tools they need? It, there's some things where you have to let go and I don't mean let them flail. I mean, they are, you're either going to release them naturally or they're going to pull away from you right. and yank away from you and say, let me go and be angry with you. Well, and those are the kids who go crazy once they get to college. Correct. And they have no or idea. before. Right. We always talk about college, but sometimes that happens before. Um, I want to ask you one other question, but before I do, I want to talk about our sponsor, Helping Hands Maid Services. They have that carpet cleaning. Uh, they have the two-hour drying time, and uh, they have the free 12 12-month spot and spill warranty. So if you have carpet, give Helping Hands a, a and try. And so they'll clean it, and then if you get a spot on it, they'll come back and For take For 12 months. It. Wow, that's great. Can't that's, beat it. It's a year. It's a, yeah, 12 months is a year. <laughs> so Helping Hands Made Services, uh, 630-530-1324. Um, real quick to finish this discussion. Okay. Um, parenting a... 12-year-old boy versus a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. Are there different rules? I, You know, my sister and I talked about this a couple weekends ago because she has a daughter and a son, and we were talking about whether or not she parented them differently, and she and her husband, my brother-in-law, we were both, we were discussing whether or not they were parented differently because the girl was older and the mm-hmm. boy was younger. Right. Therefore, he had let, you know, it's like how we are so much... I hate to say it, but looser with Skylar about what she watches and experiences because it's her our third. There's just this natural letting go process, so they couldn't differentiate between the boy girl Uh, and um, and the you know birth order. But um, I don't know. I you know only the parent who's spying can make that choice. And you and I don't know because we have girls. Right. But I think that. But a lot of our listeners are boys and girls, and they respect our opinion. So let's say we had twins one was a twin boy one was a twin girl would we set different rules you know i think each scenario would be different there are some things i think girls can handle better than boys and some things boys can handle better than girls and i'm being very general here people so you know their kids have different personality types but generally speaking you know there are some things that like you know like walking late at night i'd be more concerned about girls right. than I would about boys, and that's a societal thing. Right. Okay. But then at the same time, parents of boys may say to me, "Well, boys can get beat up, and you know." I think most and- parents listening to both say you absolutely have to set different Boundaries. rules for the girls because more can go wrong for yeah, girls. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, of course, boys can get in plenty of trouble, but I don't know, man. Girls can get are victims more than boys. That's the bottom line. They're Statistically, mm, they that's get good language. Yeah. And you hate they. It's not that girls are victims. They, it's that they can be victimized. Yeah, they're preyed upon by bad people more yeah. often than than mm-hmm. than guys. So I think that there's different. Maybe instead of there's different rules, there's different conversations with girls. Right. Okay. There's different better. awareness. There's different um, understanding um, why certain situations can be 
um, more challenging. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you know, girls, you know, going to a party, boys going to a party. Mm-hmm. There's different issues mm-hmm. going on there, right. and the choices that are made. Um, how about that uh, Serena Williams thing? Um, yeah. Well, I don't really know the specifics of that, so I don't know. If I I'm... can. I read the article, right, so ahead. I feel like I can be a little bit because there was a. Uh, I don't know. Was it in Rolling Stone? Yes. I don't know what magazine it was in, but so. there was a comment that Serena Williams made about the Steubenville um, rape case, which Todd and I talked about on the show a lot. It was pretty big um, about three or four months ago. A girl was uh, raped, um, and not just raped, but completely de- degraded mm-hmm. by a, a, a few boys. And the case kind of went away for a while, but then it was brought back up by some anonymous um, people. What are they called? Hackers. Anonymous Mm -hmm. hackers. Anyway, it turns out that these boys were sentenced. One was sentenced to one year um, of some kind of juvenile place, and the other boy was sentenced to two because not only did he rape the girl, but he he, he put out um, photographs of her naked. So... There's been a lot of issues around and didn't, this case. Didn't the hacker get more time than the two boys? Yes, the hacker, he's being threatened with 10 years in prison for what he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so that's a whole other issue. But these boys, um, uh, you know, a lot of people were very sad about these boys because they were football stars and all this kind of thing. And there was a lot of blaming the victim, mm-hmm. that this girl got drunk, she went to a party, therefore she brought it upon herself. Mm-hmm. And I think that the issue that Todd and I want to discuss is there is a lot going on, and it's not that the girl had nothing to learn; mm-hmm. she did, mm-hmm. but that we focus a lot on how we can how we can teach the victim to not do that versus teaching boys right. to not rape. Right. Like, why are we t- talking to this girl and telling her how stupid she is and how she shouldn't drink and not go to parties and don't wear that shirt? Because then boys will do that, and we accept that boys will do that. Right. We should be teaching boys to respect women. Right. And again, this this all came to be, regardless of if they're drunk or not. Right. Just because a girl's drunk doesn't give you permission to rape them. Right. Point being, Serena Williams, you know, tennis player, made a comment about how she was... Uh, brought, she, brought upon herself? How the girl brought this upon herself. Mm-hmm. Now, the quote was taken out of context. Oh, is that you? It's not me. My phone doesn't make that noise. Oh, you know what that is? That's probably my alarm. All right. Will you go grab that sure. while I finish this? Um, the point is, is that Serena made this comment, and it was kind of taken out of context because, of course, she said that the, um, you know, the rapes, of course, were not okay, and that the whole situation was bad. But unfortunately, we live in a soundbite society, and the soundbite, it, it, for being a, a woman who a lot of women look up to, mm-hmm. um, any kind of even kind of hinting at victim blaming right. can go viral. Um, and so it's just unfortunate. I don't know. Again, I don't even know if I. It's just it was brought up to the surface right. again. Well, and you know, uh, to your point, because I know you want to talk about uh, the BU curriculum, mm-hmm. and this might be a good segue for mm-hmm. that. Um, are you looking to see what time it is? Yes, we're okay. We're okay. So, um, so we have this program called BU that yes. we're starting in August, and it's going to be twenty kids, ten boys, ten girls. Yes. I'm going to work with the boys for an hour. You're going to work with the girls for an hour. We're going to bring them back together. For the last half hour, we're going to do six sessions. Mm -hmm. So we have been, uh, we marketed a certain way and got 10 girls in a waiting list right away. Mm -hmm. And now we're changing the way we market to the boys. And we basically changed our language because the curriculum remains the same, meaning we're going to focus on them becoming confident 
young men. Right. Um, focus on them understanding their fifth leadership grade, qualities. Graders, right? Yes, understanding how much they have to offer, believing in themselves, trusting who they are, becoming gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, honoring other people, honoring themselves. So the curriculum didn't change, but our language did because boys can't hear the word emotional awareness. Check that. Um, parents of boys. Parents and boys. Well, that I think true, it but it's not down. the boys who are true. who are making these true. decisions true. whether or not to sign up for. But this even if a, a mom and dad said, "Ooh, son, I want you to take this emotional awareness." I think he'd be like, whatever. So we're focusing on things like scholarship, leadership, athletics, being becoming a gentleman, um, learning how to be a confident person, a role model, uh, you know, respected member of the community. But what Todd and I have really shifted, and what we always envisioned, but again, we weren't able to maybe express in the way we wanted to, is this is a program that um, we want children to. We want people in the community or the parents to recommend their children for this program meaning we're and this will all be up on the website soon mm-hmm. but this is not just this isn't a behavioral class right this isn't a social skills class this is children who already show some kind of skill if it be in the way that they are kind to others or an empathetic nature or they have a talent in sports or the arts or they have leadership qualities, or they have a really outgoing personality, or there's something about them that really, um, they kind of already understand right. a little bit who they and are. And what we want to do is nurture those characters. We want to nurture traits. that. Because these are the kids who can, and again, this is one thing, Todd, and I want to make clear. This is not about popular kids. Right. <laughs> and I, I don't even know what that means anymore in the schools. We wouldn't even know how to, right. how to feed on that. But it's not that. It's about kids who have skills in lots of different areas. Right. We want to find lots of different kids. Right. Um, um, but these are the kids who can be role models for other kids. And not only that, but they can set a precedent in their class of how you treat people, how you treat yourselves. They can help other kids and lift them up and empower them to be themselves. We And, and this whole curriculum, it doesn't just stop with the six sessions. We're creating a whole community. We're calling it the BU community where after they graduate, because there's a true graduation process, that Todd and I are going to continue this. There'll be another class in the spring, and then next year we'll start with the incoming fifth graders again, and that we're going to do continuing education for kids who have graduated, not not just so they can continue to learn, but then they can get to know the kids who are in the new you know class right. and start. they can start creating a community of their own. Right. So Todd and I see this going on for... Long as time. long as we can. Yeah. And so we're creating leaders in this community and helping those leaders help other kids. So if somebody's listening and they're interested, what do they do? They go to, um, they can reach us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. They can find me at kathycadams.com. Um, you can go on our Facebook page, uh, Zen Parenting Radio. Any of the above. Just let us Any know. Any of the above. And basically we're asking for recommendations of kids. A parent can recommend, recommend a kid, meaning it doesn't have to be an outside person. Right. Um, but we're, you know, this is, like I said, this is not a social skills. Like my kid doesn't, you know, this is, this is, we're trying to really nurture, as right. Todd said, kids who can make a difference. Right. Um, okay. Very good. Um, next thing. We just posted a video on our Facebook page this morning about how people are addicted to their phones. Mm-hmm. And um, you said that you wanted to share some thoughts. Should we talk about the video or no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's a quick 90 second video. A friend of ours uh, shared it. To our page and it's just a visual on somebody on their phone while some other important person is next to them and they kind of make them the person that they're sitting next to invisible invisible disappear and because how when you're on the phone people around you do disappear kind of what happens and then the last half of it is where the the dad you know there's a an invisible 
child drawing pictures and the dad is kind of glued into his phone and then they kind of have this transition and then all of a sudden the dad puts the phone away and, and then that person comes back comes mm-hmm. back alive so it's a quick inspirational video that i thought was worthy of posting on her page so what do you have well i think that you know we've talked a lot about the this whole thing about self-awareness, you know, the language I use in my books and my blog and everything, the self-aware parent, you have to understand how what you're doing affects other people and not only how it affects other people, but how you're affecting yourself. And I think as it's balanced because I love my phone. I'm so appreciative. I love my computer, but we have to be able to feel when it is beginning to disconnect us. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that people, and I, and I think you'll appreciate this language because I think this is what happens to you and me too, but you're, you're more obvious with it. Right is that we feel such a need in this society to be constantly productive. Mm. And we have access to being productive by having our phone. Addiction to productivity. Addiction to productivity. So someone texts us, I have to text them back immediately so I can check it off my list. Um, We want a book. Well, I gotta order it from Amazon right now so I can check it off my list. We have no faith in being able to remember. We've given up making a list. Mm Or, you know, having a checklist that maybe we can go back to at another time. And we are constantly in productivity mode. Therefore, it takes us away from what we're doing in that moment. Present moment. And on top of that, put on top of that, we can't sit alone in silence and stillness. We have a, a serious dif- discomfort, which is um, a problem mm-hmm. because we constantly need to feel busy because we want to be productive. It's a chicken and the egg thing. Right. I don't know what starts first. Right. Each person has a different experience, but we can't sit alone. If we are waiting, and I find it in myself, I'll order a coffee and look at my phone. It's two minutes Mm -hmm. to wait for that coffee, but I can't even stand there. But I think my work is noticing that and putting the phone away. Mm -hmm. You know, like it it pops out almost instinctually. And sometimes I'll look at something and be like, okay, I'll put it away. But we justify it. Mm -hmm. I have to do this. I have to respond to this text. I have, And and we don't. That's what I have to say. What do you have to say? No, I'm addicted to my phone but i feel like to your point if you can just instead of it's not like you're going to do it perfectly it's not like you're never going to look at your phone again but if you can maybe catch yourself and create that space of awareness saying do i really have to be checking my phone for the 60 seconds where i'm waiting for my coffee mm-hmm. or can i sit there and just be quiet practice being quiet for one breathe? minute mm-hmm. or maybe i make eye contact with somebody yes. who's also waiting and then you have a pleasant conversation which used to happen all the time, but now happens less often. And that's what I'm noticing is when I don't get out my phone and I sit in the chair, and I'm mm-hmm. talking about this place, Elijah's, that I go to all the time um, in Elmhurst, I'll sit down and people who are also waiting for their coffee coffee will engage me in a conversation or someone walks in and I make eye contact and say hi. You have a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. You can either be glued into your phone, which basically says, don't bother me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every once in a while we're in that mood, right? It's a balance. It's though. a balance. But it's really a different experience when you when you disengage from your phone and right. realize that you can engage with real people. Right. So it's a friendly reminder. Public service announcement from ZPR. PSA. And I wanted to say one more thing about that, but I forget what it is. Oh, I know. With you personally, I think that when the girls comment on you being on the phone or the computer, it triggers you in a serious way. It triggers me which way? You get it upsets you more than probably anything else. So am I more likely to put it away, or am I more likely to keep it out? You you will rationalize because I know I'm not supposed to be doing it in the first place. Exactly, that's what I mean. Is I think we know. By the way, if our kids say, "Hey, put away your phone," and we say, "Hey, I got work to do," and 
you know that, and you don't do that. Right. I'm, I'm completely, you've never done anything like that. But I think sometimes we overreact when our kids say put things away because we know in our gut we shouldn't be doing it anyway. Oh, yeah. What I think, what's been good for me um, is I will let the girls know, especially you and I, because we work from home. So mm-hmm. the girls have a very, they have blurred lines. Right. Of where, um, not there's the boundaries aren't distinct. Right. Can I go in their office? Can I not? Are they right. working? Are they emailing? Are they on the radio show? Are they, you know, we, it's so we, I have to say to the girls, I'm going to go in the office and work. I'm closing the door. Only come in if there's an emergency. Right. You know, or a babysitter's over. Ask our babysitter, not me. Right. So we have to be clear that sometimes computer work is essential. Yeah. And you can't bother Define me. Define the boundaries. It's when we're out at a park and we're on our phone. I hear you. Okay. So. I'm with you. All right. Um, our next partner is uh, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They're doing that um, seminar this Thursday, July 27th. I'm sorry, June 27th. June 27th. 2013, 6.30 p.m. Uh, it is a baby sling safety workshop led by Elise Fulara. So um, check that out if you know any uh, parents who are about to have a baby or have a young baby. And then also just check out Dr. Kelly because she's an awesome chiropractor. She sure is. And her number is 630 630- Nine four one eight seven three three. Um, so the last thing I think I want to talk about before we get in the tournament of bad mm-hmm. is Joe Tory. Okay, why is he dad of the week? He's dad of the week because his daughter, who's you know Joe Tory is an older guy. He's probably in his sixties or seventies. I don't know. Um, his daughter's probably in her forties or whatever. But she was uh, drinking coffee at a coffee shop in Brooklyn. Or mm-hmm. I think it was Brooklyn, and she noticed that there was a toddler. Um, kind of hanging from a fire escape. Oh my gosh. And she just kind of reacted. And he, this little guy hung on for as long as he could, but then he fell off mm. and she caught him. Oh my gosh. And so I don't know how badly the kid would have gotten hurt. It would be nice to say that he would have been okay with some bumps and bruises, but you never know what could have happened. So she says that she just reacted and her eye to hand coordination helped her in that instance. And it's because her dad would always play catch with her. Oh, what so, a cool story. Joe Torrey, Father of the week for playing catch. So for you moms and dads out there that want to make sure that uh, your kid's going to be um, a hero of some time, some <laughs> kind, then just make sure that you play catch with them. Don't you love Todd's stretches? Work on their eye-to-hand coordination. He's like, if you want your child to be a hero, then you have to play catch. But you know what I will say is one of our daughters is not a lover of sports. She just naturally has never felt pulled towards sports but she loves to play catch with her dad she sure does and the thing that i want you guys to understand is your child doesn't have to play baseball for them to want to play catch with you yeah they don't have to be on a team or to be the best at anything for them to want to play catch with you it's i think it's cameron's way of connecting with me i think she's she knows you smarter beyond mm-hmm. she's smarter beyond her years and she knows I will be able to connect with my dad. if I, Now, she may like it too, but she knows. Well, there's two parts. A, because she catches your interests mm-hmm. and you go with her immediately oh, when yeah. she says, do you want to play catch? And number two, she is learning a skill that her sisters maybe you know gravitate towards more naturally. Right. And she's seeing how it affects her ability to do everything. Right. You know, if you have better idea... What did you call it? Eye to hand coordination. Eye to hand coordination. Eye to hand coordination. She likes theater and dancing, and and she can move better. So I think it's bigger than just, well, I'm not going to play catch with you because you don't like baseball. It's more than that. Okay. All right. Last but not least, um, our last sponsor is uh, Avid Company. They do painting and actually remodeling. They're doing a lot of remodeling in the western suburbs right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Jeremy is the owner. He's a friend of ours. He's a partner of ours. His number is 630-956-1800. Mentions End Parenting, so he knows that you heard about him through us. That you're special. And that you're special. Uh, 630-956-1800, Avid Company.
Um, and then last, tournament of bad. Actually, it's going to be a tournament. It's going to be one intro. One is going to be bad, and one is going to be good. Which okay. one do you want to start with? I see them both, so you just decide. He wrote them down, so I okay. Can see them. So the, let's start with the bad, and then we'll end okay. with the good. Okay. Uh, tournament of bad is my sweetie, my wife, who still writes checks to herself. Okay. I explained to you why. Two thousand thirteen. I know. That's like so my mom from like 1978. Okay, can I explain why I did that? Yeah, why do you write Okay, I went yourself? to the farmer's market in Elmhurst. Right across the street is U.S. Bank, yeah. where I bank, where right. you and I bank. Yeah. And so I had parked right there, so I walked in and wrote a check to cash so yeah. I could get cash for the farmer's market. What about an ATM? I don't know my number. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird to me. It's just very, and you got like the book. Like, it's just... I know. It just reminds me of being a little kid. I know. And you know why I don't have the number? Because there was some process where we changed banks, and I you may have given me the debit card, and I know this sounds really like 50s. Like, I'm like, you may have given it to me, but I handle my own stuff with our credit card. We, you know, pay off our credit card every month, but we use our credit card for everything, Correct. so we get miles and right. such. So I don't really use cash in my life. Right. And when I do get cash, it's because I've sold a book, and I get cash, and it's, you know, it's... I have a different process of banking. You sure do. It's called 1970s. <laughs> I, I and I went through it because I reconcile our checks, and sure enough, it says Kathy Cassani Adams wrote a check to Kathy Cassani Adams. Or to that's cash. happened twice in the last year. We okay, get so, you set up with that debit card. Okay, that's fine, and and I will probably never use it. It's not like oh, I wish I had one, and I'm like a weak woman. I don't think I'll use it. But it's more accessible. You can go to an ATM at any 7-Eleven if you need money. I know. Whereas but if you're once, next to a U.S. bank. You know what? Once they started charging all those fees, Todd, I stopped using the debit card. And part of that, if you can take responsibility, is you. Me. I know. You, but, this in, was in, years but ago. what happens when you are somewhere where there's no U.S. bank? What are you going to do? I'm going to use my credit card. But what if they're at the farmer's market and there is no credit Then I'll card. use the cash that I got out by writing a check okay. to U.S. Bank before I got there. The last thing, let's end on a good note. You have a really, we have fruit flies in our house. We just Because we get some, a yeah. lot of fruit. Yes. And I don't know, even if it's fresh fruit, we, and then you have a system that maybe other people can, <gasps> yes. can um, learn from your system. So some people may know this if you've Googled fruit flies, but I'll tell you, we have finally found the Surefire system and this is it. Apple cider vinegar mm-hmm. in a cup. Then a cup put or a bowl? It, I, cup's better because it's got a funnel thing going on. I know that bowl worked, but the cup is pretty good okay. too. Um, so you can do a bowl if you want. Apple cider vinegar, apple cider vinegar, and then you have to put like a drop of dish detergent in there because then if the um, the fruit fly goes into the apple cider vinegar, the detergent pulls them down. It's right. like a heavyweight thing. This is kind of icky. Poor little fruit flies. But And then you take a plastic bag, cut off a corner, and then put it on the top of the cup and then kind of make a funnel going mm-hmm. down. So like push your finger down so there's a hole. Mm-hmm. And so the fruit flies go into that hole, go straight into the apple cider vinegar, and then they can't get out because the plastic is over it. And Can't they get up through the hole that you just created? It's very small and they're not very bright. I got, you know, they're not, they, some probably do escape and they're the lucky ones. The smart ones. The smart ones. The ones who studied really hard at fruit fly school. They did. They they went to fruit fly school, which is next door to squirrel school. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, they, most of them just, they go and they try and eat that apple cider and they get pulled down because of the, the dish detergent that's in there. Or you could do what Noreen does, which is keep her... Uh, fruit, fruit in, in the, the fridge. fridge. Well, that's my new thing. Is usually in the winter you can have your you know fruit out, spring, fall, even, and then in the summer you got to move it in the fridge because they'll the fruit flies. It's not something. But that, if you put bananas in the fridge, don't they like go bad? But not bananas. Bananas have such a protective coating on them. I'm not really worried about yeah. them for fruit flies. Okay. 
All right, so that's it. Thank you for listening. Uh, share our show on Facebook and just keep uh, supporting us. Keep and we listening. appreciate everything. Oh, and then your books. Um, well, first, iTunes. If you want to give us a review on iTunes, that helps our uh, our standing where more people can find us. And if you would like to um, buy, your book. buy my books, uh, Self-Aware Parent and The Self-Aware Parent 2, and I'm in the middle of writing my third one right now, it's um, kathycadams.com, or you can buy them on amazon.com. They're just more expensive there. So I recommend kathycadams.com. Thank you for listening. See you guys later. Have a good week. Good week. Bye. <laughs> Bye.